Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. As always, thank you for listening. So, big question right now. During this time of this pandemic is freedom. A lot of freedoms are being suspended so that people don't spread the virus. Possibly getting someone sick and causing their death. And understandably... There are, however, people of faith who are uh, in churches. I know churches in the U.S. that are saying, "Well, uh, no, we're we're going to meet anyway." And there's a lot of debate on that. I think uh, the interesting thing. The thing to really look at is how soon officials relieve that suspension of freedom. In other words, how quick do they give you that freedom back? But it's, I think it's more than that. Uh, in some situations, uh, in this world we live in, this is a prime opportunity for people to do a power grab. And that's something we have to watch as well. But that question earlier from a friend who was asking how, from a Hebraic perspective, how people or how uh, Jewish people look at free will. Because I'll be honest, I mean, yeah, that's like connected to freedom. Really tight. It's the whole core of it. If you have free will, you have freedom to a certain extent. Now, freedom from what? If you have free will, what does that mean? What in in Bible circles, in church language, what does that mean if you have free will? Now, this has been a huge argument all the way back. Because there is a frame of thought that says, no, people don't have free will. But basically they're born like rabid badgers and there's no way they're they're redeemable at all they'll choose evil any chance they get and they gra- and they're born evil they'll live evil if god doesn't intervene but there is another frame of thought and the other frame of thought is that we're born innocent but that the world 
corrupts, because this is a sinful world, ends up corrupting the individual. Because we're given the opportunity to make good and bad decisions, good or bad decisions. And unfortunately, like Adam and Eve, we tend to make bad decisions sometimes, but the point is, is that if you even make one bad decision, it's it stains you like cancer and stays with you and eventually kills you spiritually because the stain of and that bad decision by the way in biblical terms is called sin that's what it's doing something god says don't do that <laughs> and it's not necessarily because god is trying to be a big killjoy it's because sin cannot be in his presence. Period. Sin burns in the presence of the Almighty God. That's where you get this, the verse that says God is a, a consuming fire. You, you can't... It's, it's like run into a, to a volcano with, with a stack of wood. I mean, you, in your arms. You, you can't do that. It will burst into flame. <laughs> I mean, and, and destroy you. So here's the thing. Do we have free will or don't we have free will? Biblically, if you think about it, I tend to believe and I tend to, to lean toward the more Jewish aspect of that in that, yeah, we have a choice. We have a free will. Because if you don't have a free will, how can you be held responsible for your actions? And from that viewpoint, I like to look at Deuteronomy chapter 30. Now this is the moment if I were, when basically Moses is giving the people of Israel a choice because they have just messed up huge with the golden calf and had themselves a wild party with pretty much sex, drugs, rock and roll, whole, the whole nine yards out at the base of Mount Sinai. And in verse 19 of chapter 30, Moses says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I set before you life and death blessing and curse therefore choose life that you and your offspring may live loving the Lord your God obeying his voice and holding fast to him for he is your life and length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. 
So he says, I'm setting before you. He says, I'm giving you a choice. Now, choice means free will. <laughs> but it also has to do with the options that are in front of you. So Moses' point is, <clears throat> look, you can do your own thing and you're going to destroy yourself. Or you can choose God because he is your life. It says, for he is your life and length of your day of days. And and he, he's reasoning with them. He says, therefore, and anytime you see in the word, this is an old Bible teacher adage, anytime you see the word therefore, you need to look at why it why the therefore what what the therefore is there for it's because it's put there for emphasis moses is saying choose life i'm begging you choose life that's god's and that's god's ask of us today whether you're whether you're a believer or not If, you, if you're not a believer, God's asking you to choose him because he is the source of life. If you are a believer, he's still asking you, choose him, do what he instructs because it is life. Now, a lot of the complications that we run into and by we I usually am talking about western evangelical protestants is the uh, the hard wiring that we have towards uh, actually the elevation of sin in, in some ways and let me clarify that it's not that we're glorifying sin it's just that we really camp on that and it's important, and as I've said before, to, to understand what God is saving you from. <laughs> because if you don't know that you have a problem, you don't know that you need to be rescued. <laughs> and uh, sometimes, you know, there are people who are <laughs> living the high life, and they don't know that their lives are a puff of smoke away from eternity. Now, when I was growing up, I uh, my parents rented a house in a uh, in a country club. We didn't belong to the country club. We were renting because we were uh, my mother worked for the country club as a not a servant but a, 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 the accountant the accounting manager 
so we were there, but we didn't get any of the privileges, quote-unquote. And it wasn't a really super nice house. It was one of the oldest houses there. It had tons and tons and tons of problems with it. But nevertheless, we were there living in this country club kind of community. And I worked uh, as a bus person at their restaurant and... and and I saw, uh, and I was a waiter there too, saw a lot of rich people. A lot of rich people. And here, here again, I'm going to interject this. Nothing, there's nothing unbiblical about being rich. Okay? It's what you're doing with the rich and with, with your riches and who you give credit for those riches. That's, that's the thing. But here's the issue. I noticed uh, in the years that I was there observing, waiting, serving these rich people, and they had a lot of money. These were people who retired from uh, oil companies and mining companies and, and investment bankers and things like that. I mean, they had a lot of money. But they seemed, many, seemed just despondent. Just like they were just going through the motions of life. There were several occasions in that country club where people had taken their lives. Who had absolutely no reason to do that, that anyone would think. One guy... uh, Put an anchor around his uh, his feet and jumped into a lake out there. So, and they had all the resources you can possibly imagine, tons of money. But that's not life. Now. Serving God with what you have is choosing life. With whatever you have. No matter how small. No matter how big. That's life. That's choosing life. But back to the, to the free will aspect. So, yes. I don't buy this idea that we're born, you know... Uh, uh, mud-sucking zombies that are, that are just uh, hell-bent on everyone's destruction. I do believe that this world, which has fallen, which includes disease and horror, horrible things, corrupts us over time. And unfortunately, during our lives, no matter how small a bad decision is it it's like getting a, a sin injection and then all of a sudden you're poisoned and one bad decision now this you know you would think well that doesn't hardly seem fair the thing is not necessarily quote unquote fairness the, the problem is is that once sin corrupts us no matter how small, even if it's stealing a piece of candy, if you know it's wrong, it's a violation. 
in the Bible, you know, if if you if you uh, violate the small, you it's just like violating it all in, in in some ways because it's on you. You can't get it off, and it poisons your system. The good news is is that God does not. He doesn't want our perfection here. What he wants is our obedience and our our love, our concern, you know, our, our our concern, and he wants our free will to be directed toward what he's taught us, what he's left us in the Bible. That's what he wants, and he's made a way. To get rid of, to eliminate the sin problem. And that's Jesus. Jesus came to be the ultimate cure for the cancer of sin. Because when Jesus cleanses you of it, it's done, it's over. Then he makes you his. So, with that idea, when you look at freedom, look at freedom as more of a choice and a responsibility. Because Moses is telling everyone the same thing. God through him, God in Jesus is telling us the same thing. No matter believer or non-believer, choose life. For a non-believer, choose God. Choose Jesus. Call on him. For a believer, stay with him. Grow with him. Become mature. Grow. Don't stay in a stunted growth kind of state. So let freedom be more of a privilege. Choose life. That's one thing they say in Jewish weddings. Lahayim. Lahayim means to life. Choose life. And I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.